Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, the place to learn field-tested, no BS tactics to growth hack your online business, and finally, live life on your own terms. Now, your host, Gael and Mark. Hey guys, welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about credit cards, PayPal's, Payoneers, any kind of payment processor and kind of the hidden costs attached to it. And that's very much more Mark's realm. So I got Mark on the podcast today. How's it going? It's going good. We're also going to talk about spending your money. So buying things, using different currencies, that kind of stuff as well. Just basically anything to do with money, buying buying things, selling things, and all these hidden transaction fees that most people don't actually know about. Cool. But let's start with making the money. Okay. So let's start with actually like selling stuff. And when it comes to selling stuff, there's two parts inside your business, right? On one end, one hand, there is the shopping cart, which is kind of like the web pages that people see when they buy stuff. So you know where they put their billing address, where they put their credit card information, they do all of that. And you know, the shopping cart could be something like we use member mouse for us, or it could be click funnels, or it could be SAM cart, it could be WooCommerce, or anything you use to actually handle the payments on your site. But behind this shopping cart, there is something called a payment processor because you actually don't process the credit card yourself. There is usually a company that does that for you. And these companies are things like PayPal and like Stripe, if you've heard of it, like ClickBank, like Fastspring, etc. So how do I go about selling stuff and what are my options when I want to process payments, Mark? Okay, so you didn't get quite get it right. There's You're right in that there's usually two elements. There's the payment processor and there's like this, the shopping cart. And sometimes they have different payment processors, have different terms like merchant accounts or mm. whatever. But there's the kind of like actual financial transaction part, which deals with credit cards. And then there's the how you communicate information with them, which you're right, is like member mess. But where it gets a little bit more confusing is you have some companies which essentially do both. So ClickBank, for example. Yeah. ClickBank's very famous for being like the platform to go to if you're going to sell some kind of like ebook. Although they do do things like memberships and stuff as well, but it's usually ebooks they go for. And they even have like inbuilt affiliate programs and all sorts of stuff. It's, it's free to join. But in uh, the end, it's a payment processor, right? Essentially, yes. It's a payment processor and it's a payment gateway, though. That's the thing. Yeah, it's both um, the shopping cart and the processor. Yes. And usually when you have these kind of companies which do both, another example would be fastspring.com. Mm. They're very famous for if you're running any kind of like software download business, they tend to focus more on that kind of stuff. These companies tend to charge higher fees. In the case of ClickBank, I believe it's 10%, yep. which is fairly significant. Although, and I'll go into this a little bit later, that in many cases, it's worth paying that for you know the ease of setting it up and the e- simplicity yeah, it takes so much headache and, away right yeah i mean you can set up a clickbank account in a couple of days really whereas paypal and stripe to get all that set up and verified and stuff can take can take a little bit longer in, i think in, in the case of clickbank as well you need to pay 50 dollars to actually submit your first product right yeah that's right why would you choose one over the other basically there's three three things to consider here there's costs, so like that's the actual fees that these things charge. There's how they affect a customer's willingness to spend money with you. And then there's ease of implementation. 
So I'm going to go through each of these right now. The first one is cost, and it's the one most people would sort of consider. That's the one everyone thinks about first, but it's not necessarily the most important, right? It's absolutely not. They're all equally important, and I'll get into that in in a bit. But in terms of the raw costs, as I said, the kind of all-in-one solutions tend to be more expensive. So for ClickBank, ClickBank will take 10% of all the income which you make and just keep it which is quite high actually. Yeah. Fastspring depending on which option you use, you know there's 5% or there's an 8% option plus small fixed fee alongside as well, which is still even 5% is much higher than most. Can anyone now, join Fastspring though? Like isn't isn't it like an application only thing? It is an application but it's pretty easy to join if you're the kind of business which they accept. Yeah. And I think it's mostly kind of if you're selling kind of some kind of software, software tool, or something like that, you know. I actually um, remember that we used Fastspring for our agency. Would you? Would people still be able to do that for their services and stuff? No, they don't allow that anymore. They did uh, back in the day, but they they changed that uh, just because I guess a lot of agency type transactions get more refunds or something. I'm not quite sure. Okay. So the, what I'm talking about here is primarily for authority sites. Okay. Only so. There are many other options, but those are the two that kind of spring to mind. In terms of actual payments processors, like pure payment processors, traditionally you'll hear of things like WorldPay, and there's there's another one I forget the name of it. Braintree? No, no, that's that's kind of one of the newer ones. But um, WorldPay is, I think it's run by like one of the British banks. I, I can't remember. And we actually applied for one of those accounts ages ago and the application form honestly it was like took days to just fill in the form and it was just like the most useless like fake information which we had to give just to satisfy their sort of terms and conditions and then it was just such a pain to to set these up and you'll find that a lot of these older kind of merchant accounts tend to be like that so there's a kind of new era of payment processors which come out and stripe Dot com and Braintree are the two kind of mm. leaders here. And I'll talk about PayPal in a bit because it's, it's a similar but it's slightly different. Stripe is the one we use on, on Authority Hacker. It's super easy to set up. Like you, it's you know, instant, it's, right? You just it's register. pretty much instant. I think as you start making a bit of money on it, you need to verify more details if you're a company and ID documents. But they're very like forward thinking. You can upload a photo of your passport, for example, rather than having to get a certified copy and all this stupid stuff, which these other companies tend to insist on. So Stripe's Stripe's really good. The other thing about Stripe is the fees are quite affordable, depending on whether you're US-based or European-based, and they can be a little bit different. In the US, I think they charge 2.9% plus 30 cents Mm -hmm. for transactions. And if you're in the EU, they charge... 1.4% 1.4% plus 20 pence, that's British, that's pretty which low, is about actually. 30 cents. That's only if you're selling to other people within the EU. If you're selling to people in the US, they charge 2.9% plus okay. 20 pence, 30 cents. It's very, very reasonable, I would say. One thing that's good about Stripe as well is it plugs into most shopping carts. And most importantly, I think like in terms of technicality, well, maybe you'll talk about this. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about that in the easy right. implementation thing. Just focusing on the costs of all okay. of them. That's the first thing that people tend to... By the way, I just want to plug one more into that into that list as well. I want to talk about Gumroad as well, which I've checked okay. out as well. Because a lot of people use Gumroad. 
What is it? I haven't, I haven't used it before. Basically, it's just uh, it's a very, very simple shopping integration thing where they just give you a link that opens a pop-up where people can pay on your site. So you literally just put that link as your buy button and just open that pop-up where people can put their credit card and buy stuff. It actually delivers any digital good as well if you want. So it's, it basically creates a download page with the PDF. Okay, and they process the transaction. They as well. process the transaction. But Do you know take, how much they charge? Yeah, they take 5% of the transaction plus 25 cents. So it's kind of a hybrid between Stripe slash PayPal and ClickBank slash FastSpring. Yeah, it sounds much more like ClickBank than like Stripe, to be honest. Yeah, um, uh, it's just yeah, it's just much lower and they don't have the affiliate program, etc. Right, okay. So Stripe is, I, I can't remember how much Braintree was. It's very similar to Stripe. The, the two companies are sort of, like the main competitors of each other in, in, in that sense. But I've had nothing but good experiences with, with, with Stripe so far. Yeah. And they recently changed their costs, cost structure a little bit, which would have negatively influenced us because just because of the places that we get most transactions from. But they actually agreed to keep, without us even asking, they were like, oh, well, you can keep your old pricing structure because this would make it more expensive for you. So you know they're they're quite good with like the customer service aspect of it, which is something I probably can't say the same for PayPal. That's what I was going to say. But uh, I'll get to I'll get to that in a sec. So PayPal is um I mean everyone knows PayPal. If you're in internet marketing, you pretty much have to have a PayPal account. Yeah. Most kind of many affiliate programs will pay us via PayPal. And, or you, we can only get paid via PayPal, so you know it's almost essential to have have a, a PayPal account in this day and age. Um, if you're running any kind of authority site, but that's for you know receiving money and, and spending money. But I'm talking specifically in this case about charging for membership sites or downloads Digital of products, yeah. yeah, this kind of stuff. So using PayPal as the payment processor again, it really depends on where you are. In many cases, I think in the U.S. it's two point nine percent plus thirty cents mm-hmm. for domestic transactions, and three point nine percent plus thirty cents for foreign transactions. So it's basically uh, double than Stripe internationally. No, well, no, in the U.S. it's two point nine percent. Yeah. Well, d- double internationally, yes. But if you're in the U.S. just selling to mostly other people in the U.S., then it's it's, pr- it's the same, exactly the same. Actually, the thing with PayPal is that they have sort of it reduces the percentage you pay as you start to earn more. And Stripe does the same thing as well, but you just need to check the actual numbers to see see what they are because I'm not going to list them all now because they have lots yeah, of different yeah, yeah. tiers. We'll link to that anyway in the show notes. Yeah, but PayPal is a... In terms of the raw cost, PayPal is, is fairly on par these days with, with Stripe. I say fairly. I mean, it depends on the, the location of the transaction, but for your average transaction it's it's not too too different certainly much cheaper than you know the likes of clickbank or what was the other one you mentioned i forgot the name gumroad gumroad yeah certainly much cheaper than that but cost isn't everything i'm going to go into that now so then the second thing to consider is when looking at a payment processor is the like the willingness to spend money with you and there's various factors to consider here it's just uh, talking about PayPal and how everyone has a PayPal account or everyone in internet marketing has a PayPal account. And that you can actually use that to your advantage because there's this like psychological thing that spending money from your PayPal account is somehow 
less like spending real money from your bank. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Card. That's how I feel. You know, it's like if I just can pay with PayPal, it's like I'm like, oh, whatever, I'll just pay with PayPal. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't count. It's not real money. It's <laughs> PayPal. But it's exactly the same as real money. It's just a, there's a psychological thing going on there. And you also want to consider that many people who sort of are in internet marketing or just starting out, for example, maybe they don't have like proper companies incorporated and set up. And they may be using PayPal kind of like off the books a little bit to to make money and spend money. So like, you know, not declaring their taxes and, and those kind of stuff. So that is another reason why people would not want to withdraw money from their PayPal account to yeah. the bank account and therefore, you know, just spend the money in, in their PayPal account. I think also um, like moms tend to use PayPal a lot, mostly because they sell stuff on eBay. And eBay goes through PayPal. So when I, I'm actually looking at the transactions on Health Ambition right now, like the ones we've done in the last 48 hours. And I see like 35, 40% of transactions are PayPal, actually. And I mean, my, my educated guess for that is that a lot of them use eBay and sell stuff or whatever, and probably have money on PayPal that they haven't taken off or they, won't, they don't want to declare to the tax or something. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, your average person who's selling an old computer or something on PayPal is not going to be a ta- not going to pay taxes. Yeah, exactly. But, but like- yeah, it's a good point. Another point, though, and another reason why PayPal is kind of used a lot is because there's a certain level of kind of safety. I think is the right word that that people feel Trust. with it. Trust people feel with it. So, if you spend money on PayPal, you know that in many cases you're covered by their buyer protection program. And if you sort of file a dispute, there's a reasonably fair chance that you can get your money back within sort of 60 days or something like that. So they feel a lot more comfortable doing that than than with a credit card. Similarly, people also feel, and this, this kind of comes down to your shopping cart a lot. If people are entering their login and password on PayPal, it's, you know, it's fine. No one's going to steal that. So they think. But if they're entering their credit card number on your site yeah. and your shopping cart looks bad or untrustworthy or just like kind of you've just used the basic one, which uh, Member Mouse, for example, reminds me of someone pr- produces and it's like it's not very good and it doesn't really inspire trust. Then people are thinking, oh, maybe the site's trying to, you know, steal my credit card information, something like that. So, yeah, it's definitely, definitely a, having PayPal as a payment option is definitely a good good thing to do and i would strongly encourage you to do it wherever possible yeah i mean we have um, a common friend who was selling just with credit card like their the software and then when they added paypal they saw an increase of like 30 or 40 percent in sales just for adding paypal no change to the sales page no nothing so this shows that it's not really a how much does it cost when you make 40 percent more sales it's like you're happy to pay a little bit more than stripe or whatever it is just because people spend more money with you yeah, and one thing to actually to, to say is when you have these kind of all-in-one solutions like ClickBank or FastSpring, they actually offer PayPal as a method within their sort of system. So they, they, they allow you to accept all credit cards and, and PayPal within their, their system. So that's just something to, to consider as well. If so you're would, using- you say that, would you say that the recommended like, setup would be to actually have PayPal plus something else? Like it's well, almost only, PayPal, uh, like it, it's a golden standard that you should probably have. Yeah, you should you should always have PayPal. I would say, and the I, I say you should always have Visa, Mastercard, and American Express. American Express is a big one because a lot of people 
have these American Express cards which give you like points or frequent flyer miles or, or these kind of things. And they like spending money on it just because they get points from it. It's not, you know, you're not getting many, many miles or many points if you're buying something you see like 40 bucks. But it's like a, a little psychological thing. And there's many examples out there. I can't think of any off the top of my head of people I know, but there's I've seen examples where people add American Express as a payment option, and it increases sales by you know like not I don't think it's as much as the PayPal one, it's probably but like a lot less, 15 percent. Yeah. But still, ten percent increase in sales. And, just and for this doing is, that is this good, is yeah. specifically if you're in like a B two B business, because a lot of companies have company American Express cards just because there's a lot of incentives for for the the, for big companies i'm talking about for the people at the top like the directors and stuff they get tons of extra bonuses from from amex for for it so i would always recommend to have that as an option some payment processors will charge you more in order to accept american express so i can't remember if we pay more in stripe but i know there are some which we looked at before which would charge let's say like 2.9% for regular cards and then like 4.5% for American Express cards. The reason being is because American Express transaction fees, which they actually charge the merchant more than Visa or MasterCard. That's um, how they pay the miles. Yeah, that's basically their, their business they pay model. pay their Yeah, exactly. But I think it's worth it in most cases if you're running like an authority site in order to get those extra transactions yeah. with American Express. Okay, so we talked about costs. We talked about willingness to spend money with you. And the other one is ease of implementation. I think, uh, can I just add something in the willingness to spend money with you? Because I think that's a big deal, actually. When people spend money with their credit card, as opposed to PayPal, with you, you and you use something like Stripe, you can actually follow up with one click up sales after that. And that increases the willingness to spend money a lot, actually. Because once people have bought something, then you can put one click buttons that add more stuff to their transaction. So you can, on a thank you page, instead of saying thank you for your purchase, you say, hey, do you want to also buy this other course or this other ebook, etc.?" And very often, you know, adding these one-click upsells can like add a lot of money to the amount of money you make. And so it works because people just say, yes, I want it, and boom, it's just tied to the order. But if you actually do that with PayPal, PayPal increases the initial transactions, but there is no one click up sales with PayPal. So actually when people click on the yes, I want it, and they have paid with PayPal, usually you, they have to go back to PayPal and reconfirm the transaction. So it's like three or four clicks instead of one click. And so PayPal is great for this initial willing to spend money for the first transaction, but then it means that the subsequent transactions, if you're using one click up sales, are going to be a little bit harder and there's going to be a little bit more friction, which means probably a little bit less people will take them, you know? Yeah, that's a great point. I forgot to mention that, actually. Okay, so in terms of ease of implementation, this is really how easy it is to get going, how easy it is to set up your payment processor and all that that stuff. And this is where you start to have to consider if you have multiple bits of software going on, so if you have PayPal, Stripe, and Member Mouse, say, which is what we have on yeah. Authority Hacker, that's three different tools that you need to get working together. And it, it's not too difficult. I mean, you set it up. How easy was it, do you think? <laughs> it's pretty easy. I mean, for, for the setup, we use Member Mouse. You can check it out on membermouse.com. There's a free trial if you want to check it out. It's a WordPress plugin that is, at the same time, a membership area, so we can deliver any kind of digital product or course or something. 
And it's also a shopping cart. And so what you do is you just plug the APIs, essentially. It plugs into the IPN thing in PayPal, so it just talks with PayPal that way. And Stripe has a really, really good API, so you just copy-paste your API key. And it's pretty small, actually, because as I said, if people pay with PayPal or pay with Stripe, it handles one-click upsells differently, etc. I like it a lot, but... You know, I think in general that what you need to look for is you don't necessarily need to use member mouse, but you need to have a shopping cart that allows both PayPal and more traditional credit card checkout in parallel. Because a lot of shopping carts will allow you to just run one but not the other. You need to be able to tell people, hey, choose which one you want to use and then use that one. That's going to increase your sales a lot, actually. And I would say on a Trader Hacker Pro, it's like 70% of transactions are PayPal, actually. So that gives you a good idea. But if we didn't have the credit card, we'd probably miss out on, I don't know, like 15 or something like that percent. Yeah. So, in the internet marketing niche, a lot of people yeah. use PayPal just because everyone has money in their PayPal account because people are making money from affiliate income. But once again, I mean, health ambition, like I'm looking now, it's like easily 40% of transactions are PayPal as well. Yeah. It is quite a bit. Okay, so in terms of actually setting these things up, I would say that if you're just selling like simple ebook kind of product, then start with ClickBank just because it's super easy to set up and things like the shopping cart is designed really well, it converts really well. There are certain things you have to agree to, like the 60-day refund guarantee, but that can actually help you make more sales in many cases, which is somewhat counterintuitive, but yeah. Yeah, and Uh, 10% of not a lot of money is okay. You know, it's like if it's 10% of even like $5,000, it's 500 bucks, but because they have increased conversion, they probably paid for that already. Yeah, I would say in general, what you want to do is like don't focus on the cost at all to start with. You can always change shopping carts, not too difficult unless you you know you're a huge huge company but start with whatever is easy and fastest to get set up focus on making money first before you start optimize saving five percent here or six percent here or there like don't spend ages trying to set up something complicated initially if you don't even know you you know that's going to sell or you're going to make any money off of it so don't fall into that trap but clickbank certainly the easiest to i would say to to get everything going really quickly it's definitely not the most sophisticated i would say that using using some kind of shopping cart software member mouse or shopify or something like that plus paypal is also very simple very straightforward Adding in Stripe to that. I don't know if Shopify allows multiple payment processes. I I would assume it would. It's one of the biggest ones. Memormouse certainly does. And Memormouse, you don't have to use it to sell membership products. You can use it to sell individual products as well and does upsells and stuff quite nicely. But it certainly works with both Stripe and PayPal. So that would be kind of like stage two. And then, yeah, that's pretty much it, actually. You know, there's not really too much beyond that, unless you start, you know, making millions a year and make your own all these en- enterprise yeah. options and stuff. But then yeah. you're Amazon, you know. It's exactly. Like- <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, start with ClickBank and then move on to yeah. a combination of PayPal, Stripe, and a, a shopping cart. You're much better off focusing on like selling than like tech shopping cart stuff. It's like initially you just want to figure out how to make sales. Then, then, you know, when you make good money, then it's worth spending time, like, figure out this, like, few percentage increase that could be a lot of money by that point. But initially, like, you just want to 
grow sales. And ClickBank is a really good way to start there, actually. I, I like it quite a lot, even if it's 10%. Okay, so let's move on now to buying things. So we talked about how to sell things. I want to talk now about how to buy things because most people, you know, even when you're starting off, you're going to be spending money. You're going to be buying tools. You're going to be buying resources. You're going to be buying your Authority Hacker Pro membership, these kind of things. So most people don't actually think about this too much. They just pay by PayPal or stick it on their credit card and then pay it off each month. But Something that's really important to consider here, and this is especially true because we work online and we deal with lots of different people in different countries with different currencies, is transaction fees and currency conversion fees, which can be a massive like cost, massive hidden cost. Despite you wouldn't normally think that it would be that big of a deal, and it's often hidden on your statement so that you don't really notice it or don't don't doesn't really call attention to it, but it can be Fairly sizable, actually. So just to give you a comparison, if you, I just did something quickly. And if you're trying to make a 100-pound, that's British pound, mm-hmm. purchase, and you're paying in dollars, if you do that, like the actual mid-market rate for that would be $147.75. That's on the 2nd of January 2016. If you buy that same thing on PayPal, that's you're paying $152.91 to buy the same thing which is 3.4% extra. So basically, in this case, and it varies by currency, but PayPal charges you 3.4% extra for paying in a different currency. And it's kind of like a hidden cost because it's just charging what it's charging you and it's not sort of listing it as a currency conversion fee on top of anything else. So that can be quite sizable, 3.5% extra. On, Depends on how much you spend, like 100 bucks, not so much, but you know when you buy... A computer or like, you know, something that's, that's more expensive, then it adds up, especially across the whole year. I guess if you just buy many things in, in one year, it's quite a lot, actually. Yeah. And this is especially true if you're not based in the US. Like we operate a UK company. So we buy a lot of things in, in US dollars because, you know, many things are, are priced in US dollars. But, you know, our default currency is British pounds. So that, you know, there's a, a few things to consider there. Credit cards also charge you a fee. For most credit cards charge you a fee, it's usually around 3% as well. Sometimes there's a fixed fee on top of that as well. So it can be really high if you're making a lot of low-value purchases as well. So you need to be really careful about this and kind of read the fine print. If you're traveling abroad as well, if you're kind of living laptop lifestyle and maybe traveling around Southeast Asia for a few months or Eastern Europe or something like that, if you're using your credit card to buy things or to sort of even a debit card to take money out of an ATM, you're going to get like really stung on the foreign transaction fees. So my advice here is to try it with PayPal. Don't pay for things in different currencies with PayPal. You know, if you have US dollars in your PayPal account, only spend those on US dollar transactions and the same with other currencies. For credit cards, most countries have a few different kinds of credit cards where you can, which have no foreign transaction fees, like zero percent. I know in the U.S., uh, the Bank of America Travel Rewards credit card is one such example. There are many. If you just Google it, you'll find a bunch of these credit card comparison sites, which will, which will give you the latest info and whatever one's working at the moment. In the U.K., you have the Halifax Clarity Rewards Card or the Lloyd's Avios Rewards Credit Card. We we'll need to those, link to all of that. Yeah, both of those have 0% international transaction fees. So that basically means that you know, you're paying the mid-market rate 
for foreign currency transactions. So it's a much better, much better deal. And this is especially important if you're spending lots of money on something like Upwork. We easily have months where we can spend, you know, thousands of dollars on on freelancers uh, working on there. These fees can really start to add up quite quickly. How much do they add up to? Like, like how much could it be? Well, again, it's like three to four percent, depending on on the, yeah. the transaction fees. That's could that's be not, several thousand dollars at the end of the year. Yeah, it's not it's not nothing. And again, when you're starting out, it's not worth spending the extra time to save, you know, twenty bucks a month usually. But after you get going and after you start making good money and spending a fair amount of money, then it's definitely worth looking into this because these fees really can add up to you know, a sizable percentage of your, your income. It's like having an extra tax on your, on your business. Okay. The final sort of section I want to cover is around transferring money and holding multiple currencies. This is really important, again, if you're working across different currencies, which most people will encounter at some point. If you're based anywhere outside the U.S., you'll encounter it a lot because you'll de- be de- dealing with a lot of U.S. dollars. It also depends on how you bill your, your customers. You know, We charge everyone U.S. dollars, but some companies will choose to charge like in the local currency, so that comes into play as well. So if you're transferring money around in a bank, like a bank-to-bank transfer, wire transfer, across different currencies, just don't do that ever. They'll charge you a bunch of fees and a bunch of foreign transaction fees, which are basically, and also banks' foreign transaction rates are nowhere near the mid-market rate. They're pretty horrible. Yeah. So it's one of the ways they make a lot of money off of you. And again, you know, if you're paying for things abroad, you're traveling, billing clients money abroad or anything like that, you need to bear this in mind. A really good solution is a company called TransferWise.com. Again, we'll link to that in the show notes, but it basically allows you to send money to almost any country. There's there's a huge list of, of them available for at the mid-market rate. And it's like it works on like a peer-to-peer basis. So it finds people transferring money from one country to the other and people doing the same in the opposite direction. And basically like there's a bit of arbitrage and it like kind of exchanges the money in the same countries rather than transfers it. Uh, Basically a Silicon Valley startup that re-optimized transferring money and yeah, gave a lot of the money back to the users. Basically. Yeah, and they charge a transaction fee for it, but it's tiny. It's like a couple of dollars, you know, even for fairly big transactions. So use that if you're transferring money bank to bank. If you're holding multiple currencies, so you have you're receiving money in, in different currencies, again, beware that banks will will rip you off, but more so PayPal will rip you off. One of the limitations of PayPal is that whichever country your PayPal account is based in, they'll only allow you to withdraw to your bank account, you know, in that currency. So for example, us. We have a UK PayPal account, but most of our money is in US dollars, right? So if we convert that to, to British pounds, that we ch- get charged, you know, the PayPal's ridiculous 3.4% transaction fee or currency conversion fee for doing that. So it's, it's not a good idea. So a better option, actually, is to use a company called Payoneer. Now, Payoneer started as a sort of prepaid credit card company, and that's still kind of their main business. But when you apply for one of these accounts, you also get a U.S. bank account number and routing number, which will allow you to load money into that account, right? So in this way, you can actually have payment processors like Stripe, for example, pay you 
onto your Payoneer card directly rather than into your foreign bank account and get all these fees. And similarly, if you have a UK PayPal account or any European PayPal account, most of them will allow you to add a US bank account as a withdrawal option. Now, you can't do this online. You need to phone PayPal up. It's like a hidden feature. Payoneer up. No, you need to phone PayPal up and add a US bank account to allow you to withdraw money. And you add your Payoneer, the details that Payoneer give you, your US Payoneer bank account to your UK PayPal account. And then you can withdraw money onto your Payoneer card and it keeps it all in dollars. So you avoid the transaction fees. You do pay like a 1% fee to Payoneer for that. But it's a it's another option to to consider. It's less than three point four percent. Exactly, yeah. and you can also once it's in your Payoneer card, you can then Payoneer have a withdrawal option to withdraw it to your bank account in any local currency, basically, and they use much much better rates than than PayPal. So even with that extra one percent fee, it's more efficient to do can it. Can you pay your Payoneer money to TransferWise to transfer it for an even better rate? You can do that, but. Actually, no, they stopped allowing you to, to use prepaid cards and TransferWise. Okay. You used to be able to do it. TransferWise, you can fund the money either with your bank account or a debit card for free, or you can use a credit card, but most of them will charge you like a cash advance fee, which costs, costs money. So like your credit card company will do that. So it's okay. not worth it. So yeah, that's kind of like all of my tips and tricks for <laughs> saving money here and there. Again, don't worry about doing all this at the start. But if you apply all of these, then you can really save a lot of money. I mean, I remember when we were running our agency, our bank fees were, you know, easily $500 a month in, in foreign transaction fees alone. That's not even including any PayPal or credit card fees, anything like that. So optimizing these can, can really make a big difference, you know, as you grow. And it's not too difficult for most of the, to set up most of these. Well, I guess no bank and PayPal will now sponsor the show. But I'm sure that a lot of people are going to save a bunch of money using these tips. And most importantly, keep it simple when you start selling. So just start using ClickBank or something. Don't care too much about the cost. And then as you evolve, just start optimizing with all these things we talked about. Anything else to add, Mark? No, I think that covers it. If you have any questions about these, just put a comment on the the, the bottom of the, the post where this podcast is uh, linked to on. Yeah, that's basically it. Well, guys... Thank you so much for joining the podcast. That was, you know, Mark's show in that case because optimizing money is definitely his thing. I'm more of a marketing guy. But thank you, Mark, and we'll see you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Authority Hacker Podcast. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to rate us on iTunes and send us a screenshot on authorityhacker.com slash bonus to claim your free premium Authority Hacker training.